They were like not afraid to try and shoot a pregnant lady. I will tell you that. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes and instead get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. Hey, Audrey. Hey, Elliot. Do you know what season it is? Uh, no, no idea. I, oh, um, let's see. Yeah, no idea. I, I don't even know what could be next. It's spring. It is finally spring. Actually, tech, well, okay. It's not actually spring yet, but it is It is spring next week. Next week is officially the first day of spring. Are we already halfway through March? I mean, I guess we're like close. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Wow. We are. So look at that. Look at that. It's back and forth between like 20 and 70. Several times at this point. Multiple times. Lots uh, of snow. We had snow days for our child last outs. week. And the fake outs are killing me. Yeah. It was like 80 degrees on Monday, and then there was like four inches of snow on Thursday. It, it was that, – that almost did me in. That one really almost did me in. The hits keep coming, and they don't stop coming. And by hits, I mean snow days, sickness, <laughs> never getting Everything. a full work weekend. Just – that's a lot. But – Uh-huh. Now we'll be able to plant a garden. Sure. Easter Bunny and grow our own is food on his way. For when the supply chains inevitably collapse. <laughs> Wait, which direction were you going in? Easter Bunny, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the springtime bunny. I mean, we don't celebrate Easter, but I love when no. bunnies visit. So any opportunity for a bunny to visit. Yeah, not, like, almost like the possums visiting in our backyard. So that is intentional. That is not, I have, I have <laughs> summoned them. Do, you have, have we talked you have about literally. This? Yeah, have we talked about think- my possum house? I don't think we've talked about your possum house, no. Yeah, so based on the great advice of actually a listener of the Meet Your Heroes podcast who I saw build a possum house or shelter, I built a possum shelter and it's like insulated, it's got hay, some carpet, put out food every night and they visit. I get Mm -hmm. multiple possum visitors and our neighbor has a pregnant raccoon that drinks out of his birdhouse. So it's really, or birdbath, it's, it's quite the um, menagerie, menagerie of critters. Yeah, it's like a critter parade every day in our yes. backyard. <laughs> <laughs> like a freaking critter parade. Uh, the best part about the Possum House is the camera, the yes. live stream camera. You did. So that not you only did give me a live stream camera for the Possum House. camera. <laughs> so whenever there's a Possum, get alerted on the phone, get to actually watch the Possum. Get alerted on my watch. And yeah, it's a... It's a live stream of possums eating food in our yard often. Sometimes cats. Sometimes cats come too. I just, they do. We, yeah. we have yet to have an encounter where it was a cat and a possum, which is good, but something did kill a bird in there. Yes, definitely. Bird parts all over. All over. Like a full bird foot in the possum house that had to be cleaned out. It was horrible. They didn't like didn't that. Didn't enjoy part. that part. No. 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 <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> Least favorite part of the possum house. Big time. Big time. But yeah. So, you know, it's spring. More critters will be coming, I'm sure. Speaking of bird feet, mm-hmm. who's this week's hero? Oh, wow. That was so smooth. <laughs> this week's hero is Queen Victoria. What do you know about Queen Victoria? Uh, j- just to be clear, mm-hmm. th- there's no actual connection to bird feet in Queen Victoria, right? No, but... Okay, I mean, there okay. could be, there could be, there's, you, <laughs> Who knows? you forced that joke. I just went along with it. Okay, fair, fair. I, but you went along so smoothly. I, for a second, I was like, wait, is there It's because I'm a professional comedian. I, That's I do this for the big bucks. That's <laughs> why okay, this is fair. a yes and moment. Do you not remember mm. all of the, po- or the uh, improv classes you've taken that I don't take? God, years of improv just down the drain. Right there. Just you like missed that. it. It's so smooth. Okay. I did it. Seamless. Um, what do I know about Queen Victoria? Yeah. She's a queen of England. Mm-hmm. Not still the queen. No. Um, and I'm guessing mm-hmm. that she was queen around the Victorian era. Oh, wow. Connections made. Dots mm-hmm. connected. Yes. 
That's great. yeah. Okay, great, great. Uh, other than that, I think that roughly placing us in the eighteen hundreds. Really, no idea anything about her life. Okay. Well, we are actually only going to talk about a very niche section of her life. But if listeners stick around to the end, I have a list of other interesting trivia parts of her life that they can go look up uh, because she was weird, which is great. I love it. But we are just going to talk about one little bit of Queen Victoria's life. So I'm going to get a couple of the other like bigger things out of the way right now. Amazing. Longest reigning queen in British history up until the current queen. So, oh, yeah, because I was going to say, current queen is like the record holder. 70 years as a current queen. Do you think she's still alive? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think so. Nobody's seen her, and well, she's not going to meet the grandkids. There have been some Zoom calls, I guess. But, you know, like, come on, man. You can fake that, I guess. So I feel like if there's, if there's like, um, any real cyborg technology out there. Right. This is it. This is it. She would be the one. She would be the one to have it. Right. And she would be the one to have it for the same reason that Queen Victoria decided to stay the longest reigning queen. And that is because she does not want her fuck up son to be the king. (laughs) And that's it. That's it. This is the number one reason. Queen Elizabeth right now, as with Queen Victoria, will get to very much fuck them kids. Does not want... Mm-mm. Does not want their kid to take over. But Queen Victoria, 63 years. Uh, she lived for 81 years. So her entire wow. adult life, she was the queen. Um, like you said, she was the queen during the Victorian period, 200 years ago-ish. Mm-hmm. She's a great, great, great grandmother of the current queen, Elizabeth. Got it. Two, there was the dad and then somebody else between them. Okay, so two royals between the current queen and this one. Got it. Yes. Uh, other fun fact, she was born on May 24th, 1819. Here we go. And so that makes her a Gemini. What do you know about Geminis? No, I'm just joking. What do you <laughs> know about Audrey's Astrology Corner? Well, I know you hate it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, yes, Queen yes. Victoria, born May 24th. Mm-hmm. Gemini's born on May 24th, experience the world outwardly and take most interest in those around them. They are described as witty, which is a result of their ability to instantly share their thoughts and quips with others effortlessly. Mm. Kind of like me and my comedy, Melanie. Gemini's born May 24th have a strong <laughs> intellect and rock-hard opinions, despite the pleasant face that they turn to the world. They are ably suited to handle the stresses and strains of life even though they may appear to be emotionally fragile. Although they always manage to get their way, it's rare for them to be demanding, loud, or argumentative. I will say, uh, it makes me slightly uncomfortable for them to use the phrase rock-hard opinions. (laughs) I don't know why. It just, it doesn't quite... What are some of your favorite rock-hard things? Where where are you comfortable with things being Uh, rock-hard? Rock-hard rocks. Okay. Abs. Sure. That might be it. Does it? Rock hard commitment to my fundamental values and principle. I don't know. Yeah. Rock hard opinions just feels dirty somehow. Okay. I did not read it that way, but you know what? To each is weird own. All right. So Victoria, rock hard opinions maybe came from her father. Her father was Prince Edward, the Duke of Kent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this, her father, was the fourth son of the reigning king of the United Kingdom at the time, George III. Okay. When she was born, she was the fifth in line for the throne. Oh. So if we do that math, that would be like Prince Louis, uh, Kate and William's third child. He is the fifth in line for the throne right now because we've got Charles, William, then we've got George, Charlotte, and Louis. So she would be the Prince Louis of the day. That's I am shocked that she ever ends up being queen. Okay. Okay. So no one expected her to be queen, not even her. Yeah. Right before she's born, though, there and throughout her childhood, there was a series of, let's say, succession related incidents and drama. Okay. Couple deaths, couple illegitimate children who couldn't take the throne, despite the fact that they would otherwise be right in line for it. Mm hmm. Um, some illnesses got it and by the time she's like a young child it's pretty clear that if one more of these motherfuckers dies she's gonna be the queen wow okay so who's the person that is uh between her and the throne then uh her dad 
Ah, got it, got it, got it. But when they realize that, you know, she's she's basically up next, her mom gets super strict. So, mm. you know, her, her childhood was actually, she described it as melancholy, but a lot of people described it as creepy as fuck. So it's not ideal. And the reason for this is because of her mother. So her mother, Princess Victoria, was not a well-adjusted woman uh, by any stretch of the imagination. She was rigid and controlling, and she went so far as to invent a system of parenting in partnership with her, like, this guy named Conroy. His last name's Conroy. He's like her advisor. The real shit here is probably that Conroy was a con man and, like, tried to create this very specific system of parenting so he could manipulate the mom and the child. But this is- When we say- System of parenting. I'm about to yeah. tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, okay. listen to this. It's called the Kensington System because it was from okay. Kensington Palace. And it is this strict and elaborate set of rules designed by Victoria and John Conroy. And it was specifically designed to make sure that the future Queen Victoria has an upbringing that prepares her to be queen. But it's very bizarre the way they go about this. So the system was aimed, like I said, at rendering young Princess Victoria weak and dependent on her mother and John Conroy, and thus unlikely to adhere to the other relatives in the house, like the the royal house, except her mother and Conroy, so that they could Wait. still have political power. Okay, so so this is like the opposite of what I expected. And this was not like a, oh, let's prepare this kid to be mm-hmm. queen kind of like yeah. system. No. This is like, let's make her as weak and manipulatable as possible. Manipulable? Yes. Yeah. Is that a manipulable? Dependent. Yeah. So let's take away all of her freedoms. Let's make it super strict. Let's make sure that she depends on us wholly. That way we still maintain political and familial power. Even though that okay. there's like no bloodline that would keep the Princess Victoria, her mother, or John Conroy, who's just like literally like chief of staff, in power once the husband's gone, right? So some weird things that they do in the system. Victoria is never allowed to be apart from her mother, literally sleeps in the same bed as her. Ooh, okay. Like for how long? Uh ooh, we'll get there. <laughs> Okay. She was not allowed to play with other children. She was isolated. Mm-hmm. They strictly monitored and recorded, literally recorded, like wrote down minute by minute, like in that episode of Pretzel Day in the office where Pam has <laughs> to record everything Michael does and it's like, cause to be impression. Yes. <laughs> Pretzel, yes. Rearrange his desk or whatever. They're like recording minute by minute everything that she's doing. Mm. Until the age of 18, she had never walked up or down a set of stairs without holding someone's hand. What the fuck? Yes. So she only had two playmates during her adolescence. This is her younger half-sister and John Connery's daughter. Surprise. Okay. Oh, oh, like hang out with my kid. Okay, got it, yep. got it, got it. She was only occasionally allowed to leave the palace. Sometimes she went to this other place that's like part of their family grounds, but she hated it because, again, she wasn't allowed to like play outside or have any freedom. Yeah. And if you can picture this, the system was an utter failure. Absolute, didn't work. (laughs) Everybody, it backfired spectacularly. When we say system, I feel like now that I've heard it, it gives it too much credit. I thought system was going to be like every. Every Wednesday, she had to like so, do like mock mock queen stuff or something. It includes a very very strict schedule. I just didn't get into the details of that. It's like awake by seven a.m. by nine a.m. has the same breakfast every day from eleven to whatever time she does this, and then she gets to do whatever from this time to this time. And then it it is that strict. Every minute of her days are scheduled, planned out. Okay, but basically, these people like the entirety of their. Uh, strategy here is like I've got an idea. How about if we just like fuck up this kid real hard, just like real hard. let her do nothing? And if she's so incompetent at just basic life skills, mm-hmm. 
we will get to we will get to be in power. Yeah. Yes. Totally bad. And it goes perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah, perfectly. Perfectly for Queen Victoria, who also ends up being a super well-adjusted mother. But <laughs> uh, what does she just hate them now? The whole like as so soon as she, she's queen, she just fucking hates them. She ends up hating like, them. Surprise, right? The very first thing she does when she becomes queen is she uh sort of dismantles the system and reestablishes everybody's authority over her. And she essentially says, like, none of you can tell me shit about nothing. And again, like her very one of the very first things that she puts into place is she mandates that she gets at least one hour alone every single day, something she has <laughs> never ever had in her entire life. That's fucking wild. See, the the thing I don't get, if I if I had a kid who mm-hmm. was gonna be like royalty, mm-hmm. my plan would be like, oh, I better, I don't know, not be a total dick to this person, make them hate me. Right. And the fact that their plan is like we're going to make her hate us, but she will need us. Just no, no, no. Does, yeah. I'm unsurprised that it didn't work out. It's almost like they didn't have the internet telling them how to be parents back then, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was an advantage. I don't know if that's actually better for anybody, honestly. Okay. So the other thing that she does is that she has her bed removed from her mother's room. She is still required to live with her mother because she is unmarried. And one of the like expectations of unmarried royalty, especially if you're a woman at the time, is that you live with your immediate family. I don't know, protocol. But her mom no longer gets to sleep in the same room or same bed, kicked out. And John Conroy is no longer allowed to even live on the royal grounds. Kicked out. Deuces. Goodbye, John Conroy. He doesn't like fire him, but he's like, she's like, get out of my fucking face. Well, she really, she almost like can't fire him because she's, he's, her mother's chief of staff but Uh, john conroy tries to weasel himself in to say like oh now that you're the queen i'll be your chief of staff like i'll do all of this and she was like get fucked and you can no longer even live here like you can't live on the government dime anymore Mm. so he still maintains some like adjacent power through her mom but no real influence i'm surprised her mom isn't like hey your system fucking sucked you you get out of here but I, no. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really dive into it. It seems like John Conroy might have been the one who had like the weird influence over her mother versus her mother asking John Conroy to set up the system. You know, white men be white menning, trying to weasel their way in. Sure. Okay, so we make it to eighteen. She's queen. She still has to live Great. with her mother mm-hmm. until she gets married. So she does what Earls do. She marries her first cousin. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Time honored tradition. Time honored tradition. She actually had a choice of another guy, and she was like, "But he's boring and plain looking." And she was legitimately attracted to her cousin, so she was like, "Let's do it." Eighteen fourteen. She's twenty one. She marries Prince Albert. Okay, and and just for the record, again, marrying your first cousin, mm-hmm. like it seems weird still to me. I would not. I would not marry any of my cousins. Genetically, it's not as big of a deal. Like it's right. Like, isn't the thing that like, it's, you can theoretically not have like totally fucked up kids. If you marry your first cousin, it seems like the problem with the Royal family is that they've done it like 50 times. Like if you keep marrying your first cousin over and over, that's the problem. If you marry your first cousin and you have kids, that set of kids will not be fucked up. If those kids then marry their first cousins and then those Mm -hmm. kids marry their first cousins over time, your children will be very fucked up because there's not enough diversity in the genetic pool. And you know what? We're going to get to that. But I'm, she marries I'm, Prince Albert. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not an expert, but that may, this whole inbreeding thing may not be the best system Mm-mm. for a whole like uh, plan of governance for a country. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Here's the good thing, though, about this. They really like each other. They're like, they like are in love. They're, it's not just an arranged marriage. She, wait, she waits out three whole years of being the queen and still having to live with her mother because she wouldn't be forced into marriage. She was waiting mm-hmm. until she actually liked somebody. Okay. They really like each other. So they get married and they get down to business. The queen was known for writing on average 2,500 words a day in her journal. So she writes a lot. She's prolific. Wait, hold on. Just to be clear, I think if I'm remembering from my like school days, 250 words is like a sheet of paper. Is that like? So this episode of the podcast is 2,500 typed words and Uh it's a few pages typed. And so it's probably like 10 journal pages of a journal. Of that Hold time. on. 
hold on, just for clarity here. You prepare notes before you do your I episodes? do. I do. I usually like type it out and oh, ma- in mock sentences, gen- general ideas of what I want to say, which is why I'm so good at this as an improv. Do you think actor. I should do that too? <laughs> should, I, should I take notes before I do an episode? <laughs> it helps. It helps with, uh, here's what I'll tell you it, it, it certainly helps with uh, accuracy. So if I care about accuracy, I might want, oh, interesting. Seems like a lot of work, though. It does. I don't know. It does. We'll see. I don't read directly from the page, to be sure, fair, sure. but I like to have like uh, thought out ideas. So she, it. This took me about four hours in terms of research and and preparing mm-hmm. for this episode. She's just free balling when she goes in. Raw She's free balling. Ten pages. Yeah. Ten pages a day is a lot of journal time. Okay. I bring this up because what this means is that all the people in her life up until you know she's the queen or whatever are taking meticulous notes of her life but mm-hmm. then she is taking meticulous notes of her life for the rest of her life and it ends up being all of her journals are published as like a 120 book series wow it's just yeah a, a wild amount of information so i bring that up to say that her okay. notes after the wedding night are wild so buckle <laughs> up here we go here's what she says okay. she gets married love of her life prince albert mm-hmm And I'm going to read this with the emphasis written in her journal. Additional context. She is bedridden with a headache that day. She just can't get out of bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh It's uh the headache. It's the headache that is keeping her in bed. She can't get out. She's too tired. She says, I never, never spent such an evening. My dearest, dearest, dear Albert. His excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness I never could have hoped to have had felt before. He clasped me in his arms and we kissed each other again and again. His beauty, his sweetness and gentleness. Really, how can I ever be thankful enough to have such a husband? To be called by names of tenderness, I have never yet heard used to me before was bliss beyond belief. Oh, that was the happiest day of my life. Okay, so he's slanging that dick. That is what he is doing. I, I mean, I think maybe they would have phrased it differently back then, but yeah, good job, Prince Albert. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like if if that's what she's writing in her journal, slanging that dick, I feel like that could have come out of her mouth at some point. It could have. It could have. Okay, so here's where we're going to get to the lesser known legacy of, of Queen Victoria. Apart from being just like, they're banging all day. Like their whole marriage, they love it. They can't stop. But... You do that enough, and you know what happens next. Yeah, uh, UTIs. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of chafing. A headaches. She gets pregnant. Ah, uh, yep. Mm. Pre the pill, life was rough. You wanted to have sex, you had kids. Too, too bad. Too bad. Here's the thing, I mean, though. Here's the thing. The, it actually not always. Again, we're going to get to this, but it wasn't inevitable. She had to produce at least an heir, right? We knew that. We know that. It's part of her job. Right. And, you know, here's the part of Queen Victoria's life where we're going we're gonna to really focus in on this very specific thing about her. So we could spend all day talking about how Queen Victoria was racist, super into colonizing other countries, lots of use of force, loved it. See, want, take, it's hers. She's got to have it. Involved in the long tradition of just walking up to indigenous people's places and be like, hey, uh, this is all mine now. You belong to me. All your shit. Come back with me in a museum. Done. Yeah, because I have gunpowder. Yeah, the British tradition of yes. force to make people subjects. Yes. And, you know, she's hated around the world for a lot of reasons, but she's also like yes. hated by her own people for very good reasons. Let me give you an example. One okay, of those okay. reasons that she was hated by the people of the United Kingdom has to do with just kind of how shitty she treated them in a lot of ways. <laughs> Let's let me give you an example of the people of of Ireland. Familiar with the Great Potato Famine? Yes. Uh, ate a lot of potatoes. Potatoes stopped growing. Mm-hmm. Everybody got a problem. Everybody got a problem. And she's she's the queen. She has resources, a lot of resources that she could use to help these people. Instead of using her resources to help her own people, what she mm-hmm. does is uh, fuck them over much worse. Let me give you an example. Okay. So there was at this time, this protocol, this rule, that no single person or 
entity could give money to any certain cause more so than the queen gave. So let's say, you know, there's a humane society. She's like, I'm going to give it 10 bucks. No one else in the country could give more than $10. It would make the queen look bad, make her look cheap. Uh, She has to be like, hold the record for the most, the highest donation to any given cause. Doesn't matter what the cause is. Right, right. Okay. Great potato famine. The queen's like, hey, here's 2,000 pounds. Ireland, do with it what you want. For the whole country. Yeah, it's not even that much. And because no one else could give more than that, when the Sultan of Turkey tried to give $10,000, his donation was rejected. They turned away his money during the Great Potato Famine. They had to. There was protocol. Because it would have made her look bad. Yeah. Oh, and so man. Not that's only shitty. Yes. she not give them enough, but she limited through her what? shitty governing how much assistance or relief they could accept from other people. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, try explaining that to your starving babies. Yeah. I know, right? So people, not a big fan of Queen Victoria. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. We're not going to talk about any of that more than that. If folks are interested, they can just look up. She's racist. For that reason, she's not my hero. Racist, literal colonizer, and a terrible, terrible queen. Terrible queen. But let's get back to being a shit mom. She and Prince Albert, tons of sex. Good for them. But Mm -hmm. she does get pregnant right away. Immediately, Queen Victoria is like, I hate this. And she's not only thinking it, she's saying it to everybody. She hated being pregnant, loathed it, despised it, which, if I'm being honest, is unfortunate because she's about to have nine children over the next 17 years. (laughs) Nine kids over 17 years. That is like, I'm trying to do the math there. If you have a kid and you're pregnant for 40 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, It's like every time your child's nine months old, you you get pregnant. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. That is... That is rough. That yeah. 50% of your life pregnant for decades. Yeah. My great-grandmother had 14 kids, and she died when she was like 53 in an accident. So she spent well over half of her life pregnant. That's nursing. wild. Yeah. So, and She may not like being pregnant, but apparently she likes having sex more than she dislikes being pregnant. She really likes Albert. She really likes the affections of Albert. But of that first pregnancy, she writes to her grandmother, Quote, it is spoiling my happiness. I have always hated the idea, and I prayed God night and day for me to be left free at least six months. She gets pregnant like on her honeymoon, so she does not get six months. Mm -hmm. Nope. She goes on to say that if she has, quote, a nasty girl as her firstborn, she might drown (laughs) in. A nasty girl? She's going to drown the girls? (laughs) Oh, shit. Good thing for this baby, this firstborn. She's like, bitches be crazy. We are not leaving this to a queen. No. no. Well, what? Yeah, actually, the heir then couldn't even be a girl unless it was an only child, unless it was like the only heir. So well, wait, so how did, I'm so confused for a second. Maybe this is a diversion, but like she became queen. She was the only And there were child. others. Yeah, the only legitimate heir to the throne was Queen Victoria. Ah, so if she had a, a daughter, then a son, it would skip the firstborn girl? It does. That's actually what happens. So Still? She, no. But then, not anymore, but yeah. then interesting. So she has his firstborn, a child also named Victoria. So we've got Queen Victoria, whose mother is Princess Victoria, and now we've got Princess Vicky, who's the daughter. She calls her Vicky. The, there's three Victorias Victor- Princess Victoria, Queen Victoria, and Vicky. Got it. She does not actually drown this child. Instead, okay. right after birth, she sort of nonchalantly says, Never mind, the next will be a prince. To be fair, if we're looking back, on Queen Victoria's relationship to motherhood. That's true. That's true. She probably suffered from what we would now easily diagnose as postpartum depression. Okay. Back then, they were just like, she's not ladylike. She doesn't have the instinct to be a mother. She was very emotional. She had a very hard time. They, she did not form a bond with her children. She honestly said out loud lots of times to lots of people, that babies are ugly and she doesn't want to touch them and she <laughs> hates having to breastfeed them. Look, she's not wrong. Most babies are pretty ugly. Uh, so, but it's but as a mother, yeah, it's not the kind of thing you're supposed to say after after giving birth. No, yes, no. When that first child, Vicky, later, you know, two decades later, is pregnant with her own child, 
Queen mm-hmm. Victoria wrote to her. We got a lot of documentation. Primary source documentation of Queen Victoria's life is abundant. Mm-hmm. And she wrote to her and said, quote, abstractly, I have no tinder for them till they have become a little human. An ugly baby is a very nasty object. And the prettiest is frightful when undressed. Until about four months. In short, as long as they have their little big body and little limbs and that terrible frog-like action. She's like, these naked babies are gross. She hated naked babies. Hated naked babies. The thing about <laughs> naked frog-like, babies, though. Frog-like is so funny. because It's so accurate. It's so accurate. I don't begrudge her these sentiments. I really don't. The thing about babies, though, is they like literally do not give a fuck if you like babies or not. They still have to be taken mm-hmm. care of. As somebody who's never carried babies, right, but had mm-hmm. an infant a, a daughter at one point, it's uh, they're super demanding and they're not very fun mm-hmm. and it's hard work. Mm-hmm. I imagine unless you're the fucking queen of England, if you're the if the queen of England is like the cliche for like, oh, I have dozens of people to do this for me. Like mm-hmm. she has to like. She could get wet nurses even, I'm sure. Like, like all of these things, it feels like she has the easiest, most privileged setup for motherhood that is literally possible at that time. Yeah. She is the, the head of state of the most powerful colonizing empire of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I have so little sympathy for her. Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah. She's like Kim Kardashian telling people to get their fucking asses up and work. <laughs> yeah, right? Right, and it's like, right. okay, well, first of all, you don't even have to be a mom. You just have to have children. Like, you don't have to do the mothering thing. Yeah. Whatever expectation there was, though, she tried to indulge it. She, again, not wanting to be touched or near these ugly frog babies, hated breastfeeding. Hated it. She wrote that it ruined young the intellect of young women. And <laughs> later in her diary, when she found out that her own daughters decided to breastfeed, she said, quote, it makes my hair stand on end that my daughters have turned into cows. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Sucking the brains out through the nipples, I just wasting, wasting your smarts on breastfeeding. I mean, honestly, as a new mother, sometimes it feels like that. I'll tell you what. So if you are a young mother who chooses to breastfeed, if you feel like that, you're not alone. It does feel mm-hmm. like the babies are sucking your actual intellect out. Some of us just don't put it in our diaries. We don't tell mm-hmm. other people as or tell everybody about it. that we hate our babies. One thing I will say, I mean, I, I do kind of get that. The Of the times in my life, I, I, I can say it's been, whenever I've had somebody sucking on my nipples, Stop. it has been hard to concentrate. Stop. That's so true. It is true. So I do, that part makes sense to me. It checks out. Ugh. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. There you go. And and I just want to be really clear here because lots of people have different relationships to motherhood. I am mm-hmm. not shitting on her for this. I actually get it. There are parts of motherhood, and I think maybe millennial women and Queen Victoria are the first in a long time who are willing to admit that like motherhood sucks in so mm-hmm. many ways. I just think it's this lesser known legacy bit where she was like, get these frog babies away from me and don't <laughs> touch my nipples. It's so funny. Yeah, because the legs stick out sideways. They do look like frogs. I'd never made that connection till now. So yeah, it's it's not it's not frog. Yeah, thanks, Queen Victoria. Uh, good news for our kids. Prince Albert loves being a dad. He is the one cranking out these babies. He wants as many babies as he can he can get. He is like tutoring them. He chose to tutor them. He did not have to. Again, wow. He's yeah. Married to the Queen of England. He plays with them as much as he can. He's like a very sporty father. The other thing I want to mm-hmm. point out. Or the other reason that Queen Victoria did not like being pregnant and early motherhood was because it actually, broadly speaking, forced her to give up power. There were protocols mm. and policies in place that said if you are a pregnant or nursing royal mother, you have to give up parts of your job. You have to like delegate. She didn't like that. Some people really like their work a lot. They like, mm-hmm. you know, what they're called to do and and not wanting to have children interrupt that is like a very valid thing. It makes total sense because, yeah, now we would not begrudge somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I want to be focused on my career. Great. The, the issue here is that like one part of her job is to have the first one. Yeah. And then it sounds like even for being the Queen of England. Like, there's no concept of any kind of contraceptive here entering the picture. That's fucking wild. Yes, this was my exact next point. The kicker is that condoms were available, widely available. 
I mean, they'd been around for thousands, thousands of, years. of years. Animal intestine condoms were available. Mm-hmm. And then by the 1850s, rubber condoms were available. Rubber in, was a in thing. Lifetime. Yes. Yes. Also, throughout history, lots of women have managed to avoid pregnancy through natural family planning. That works for you great. And abortion has been around for thousands of years. Like, what was, yeah, but what was the deal with abortion at this time in this position? Is that like, oh, uh, is it not spoken of in the royal family? Is oh, it just I like bet never she could have up? had as many secret abortions as she wanted. Like, rich, powerful women have had secret abortions since the beginning of time. Like, I, like, she would have known exactly what teas to drink. She would have had mm-hmm. ladies in waiting who could have shoved her down some stairs. Like, there's <laughs> any number of things she could have done, honestly. Like, was mm-hmm. it was it safe? It's not the safest abortion, but women have been self-managing abortions for thousands of years. She did not choose to have any abortions that we know of. Prince Albert wanted a large family, and she wanted to have sex with Prince Albert all the time. And so, like, did you, so this is the consequence did, of that. Because her diaries got turned into fucking 20 books or whatever, did... Did any of this mention contraception or anything like that? Not that I could find. Yeah. Um, some some historians speculated that she actually wouldn't have known much about contraception because she was so sheltered. But her husband was like a fraternity guy who would have absolutely known about condoms. And mm-hmm. they have the very best physicians in all of the land. They absolutely would have had access to what would have been the safest of all abortions. I mean, it is kind of fucking wild. So like if you if you put all those things in the equation, mm-hmm. right? Knowing very little about like her personal papers. I haven't read all 20 books or whatever, but it does <laughs> it's like seem 120 like 120 books. Oh, sorry, 120 books. Something like oh that. shit, 120 books. Okay, so so not having read all of her actual diary entries, it does seem like one of the deciding factors may have just been that her husband, mm-hmm. Prince Albert, really wanted kids, which is kind of wild to think that like you can be the literal most powerful woman in the world yeah. and probably the most powerful person in the world at the time. But if you are also a woman, yeah. like even then, just like not really having reproductive autonomy, even in that position, that that is kind of fucking wild. Yes. Yes. 100%. I'm so glad you got there in this conversation. That is where we're going. All of the things I've mentioned, I think are interesting and a fully valid and normal part of being a woman like you don't have to want to be a mother or like it at all right and i don't want to mischaracterize her relationship with her children she did not like hate them the children per se right just their little frog legs she she eventually really fucking hates one of them hates him the worst but the thing she didn't like was she didn't like being a mother she did not like pregnancy it was very difficult for her she had a lot of postpartum depression she did not like when they were babies very demanding you know it took her away from her job which even even if you like want to be a stay-at-home mom or you don't want to work it can be very complicated tenuous relationship between your child your identity and like your place in the world right Mm -hmm. um and so i want to i want to read you a bit from this article called quote what was queen victoria like as a mother from town and country magazine and in, it, and in it, it says, quote, the queen was undeniably fond of her children, though her involvement with them was significantly less than might be expected of a modern mother. While she joyfully oversaw the bathing and bedding of Vicky and mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, Bertie, who later becomes King Edward VII, mm-hmm. as her family grew, she spent less time directly overseeing the care of her children, admitting in later letters to Vicky that she would only check in on the younger children directly once every three months. Queen Victoria said, quote, the root of the trouble lies in the mistaken notion that the function of a mother is to be always correcting, scolding, scolding, ordering them around and organizing their activities. It is not possible to be on happy, friendly terms with people you have just been scolding. I mean, yes, that is true. But also... I'm not sure I buy that the main job of a parent is to scold their children. This is Victorian England. That is your main job to keep them from getting uh, their plague and yeah, uh, yeah. to scold them. It's Victorian England. Yeah, that's the main job of parents, scolding and the main job of children to be scolded. Yeah, 
if if you're lucky enough to be a child who's not a street urchin, because those are the two types of children: scolded children and, and factory workers slash street urchins. Yes. Okay, fair enough. And if, honestly, if you're working in a factory, you're going to get scolded by your boss. You get all kinds of problems then too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you mostly scolding. See, you never scolding get to be all the way down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. Okay, so she's like, you know, scolding some of her kids, ignoring others, except they have quarterly check-ins, I guess. <laughs> but the, it's like a performance review. The child that she has the most complicated relationship with, though, is her second child, and that is Albert. Uh, because he's the first son. The first son. Which means he's going to be the heir to the throne. Yeah, Bertie is his nickname. We're going to call him Bertie. Like I said, he oh, later becomes Al- Edward the Yeah, I thought Bertie was a girl's name. Got it. Okay. Bertie. Bertie. Got yeah. it. Albert. So we've got Prince Albert married to Queen Victoria, and then we've got their children, Vicky and Bertie. Victoria and Albert. Wait, literally, it's a Vicky and an Albert. It's a Victoria and an Albert, that, and their first two kids, they named Victoria and Albert. Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not confusing at all. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. But then this whole thing where they take a different first name as their, like, you know, que- like king or queen name, that's so fucking confusing too. Right. He's... Albert's going to become Edward? Yeah. You know what? We're not going to talk about that, but you're right. I know. I know. Confusing. It's so confusing. Any, okay. So Albert and, Albert and Victoria have Albert and Victoria. The little Albert here is Bertie, Bertie. And that's who we're yep. talking about. Okay. Bertie was a royal fuck up of the <laughs> premium degree. Honestly, if he had been like the third or fourth, second, even second, second or third son, he would have been fine. He could have been the fuck up. He could have been the Prince Harry of the family. Unfortunately, long line of royal fuck ups who yes. like don't matter. Great. Unfortunately, he is of the Prince Harry variety. Young Prince Harry. Prince Harry now seems delightful, but young yeah. Prince Harry variety with the responsibility of a William. Mm. This is an issue. You can't do that. Mm-mm. The thing is. Bertie didn't know he was like the heir apparent until he was like 10. He really thought Vicky, his older sister, who everybody liked, was going to be the queen. He didn't realize that it was going to be his responsibility. That's the kind of shit. I feel like somebody has to explain that somebody to you early to on. Tell you. Right. So anyway, he doesn't really try ever. Doesn't get off on the right foot of trying. Not really interested in it. Queen Victoria really thought he was lazy and unintelligent. He was involved starting in his teens in scandal after scandal after scandal, most of them involving sex. Uh, Mm -hmm. Prince Albert, once he becomes king, notoriously has this specific chair because he was um, larger bodied. And so he had a very specific sex chair designed for all of his escapades. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. But when he's younger, this isn't an issue. He's just having sex with a bunch of very well-known people who are married and lots of scandal. It's a whole big thing. Okay, so I don't know how I know this, but I think, let me describe to you. I think doing research for somebody else at this period, I've uh-huh. seen a picture of this sex chair. Yeah. And I don't remember how I would have seen it, but is it like- It's like green and gold and it has like the armrests and it's yeah, okay, long so, so, it, so that either it, he or his partner can lay down, but they can still be supported, like their weight can oh my be God. supported. Yeah, so it, I think it kind of looks like a green and gold, like um, like gynecologist exam table kind of but it's got but it's very fancy so like somebody can be laying down and but i remember like there's all these illustrations yeah. of, like the ways you can oh my god that's so fucking weird okay i mean like good for okay, him okay yeah so he's he's a sex fiend but like uh in a way that like what does it look like if you have millions of dollars and and want to like build a special table for yourself got it okay yep yep so he's not quite to the sex chair stage of his life, but he is definitely to the having sex with married socialites and the press finds mm. out stage of his life. Got it, got it, got it. So after one of these scandals, his father, Prince Albert, goes to visit him. And he's like, listen, mm-hmm. you're a fuck up. Get your shit together. They're there. He's there for a couple of weeks. They go on this long walk at one point and they get rained on. Now, up to this point, Prince Albert has been having some intestinal issues, stomach issues. He's been f- feeling ill. But within two weeks of getting back from this prolonged visit where he's trying to, you know, get his son in shape, he gets really ill and dies. At the time, Queen Victoria blames Bertie. He was, she was like, if you had not been so terrible and your dad had to come there, none of this would have happened. Historians are like, mm. no, that on the record had Crohn's disease and maybe mm. colon cancer. Like, he was going to die. Yeah. 
Queen Victoria does not know the science at the time, though. She says it's all his fault and basically stops speaking to him. And she's just like, that seems unfair. That seems unfair. Well, you know, it's been tense for a while. She already didn't really like having kids. And now she has this one particular fuck up who is going to take over her entire kingdom, all of this stuff that she's working hard for. There's nothing Mm -hmm. she can do about it. The only thing she can do is like withhold her affection and hope he dies before she does. Honestly, (laughs) honestly. She was like- Kind of like Charles. Kind of like Charles. (laughs) really. She was like, every time I see him, I shudder. Like, I don't want to be in the same room with him. She barely ever speaks to him again. They have just like the worst relationship. Oh, like this is like from this point forward for the rest of her life. Yes, because in addition to, you know, having him and all of his baggage be her heir, she feels like he cost her Albert. And that was like the singular thing she loved the most in the world. (sighs) Right? Yeah, she did love her some Albert. Yeah, right before Albert died, her mom had died. So now she's like feeling really alone. She's like, I am going to be in this political stalemate with Bertie, and I hope this motherfucker dies before I do. She mm-hmm. is able to, to, you know, hold out 59 years, but she does end up dying before him. Yeah, he he does only end up getting to reign for like 10 years, because at that point, he's also in his 60s. Yeah. And it's middle 19th century England. You don't live that long. From that point forward, not great relationship without, with Bertie. The opposite is true, though, just to give you a little pendulum swing of her parenting style, of her youngest child, Beatrice. Beatrice is the ninth after Bertie dies. Beatrice is only four, so she's very young. Um, Okay. Her mom's only – I mean, Prince Albert died when he was 41. They'd been married like 17 years or whatever, maybe almost 20 years, something like that, like – They're young, young. After Prince Albert dies, Queen Victoria becomes almost obsessed, is how it's described, like borderline obsessed with Beatrice. Because her mom had died right before then, and then she lost Albert, she said to someone, quote, mine is a nature which requires being loved. I have lost almost all those who loved me most. And so she channels all of this extra energy and desire for love into Beatrice. Social expectation at the time was that the youngest daughter would be the caregiver and the companion of her parents as they aged. This is just in households around England. The youngest daughter Mm -hmm. takes care of the family. No guarantees that she's going to be married out of the house. She's just going to live there, be the the spinster. Same was expected of Beatrice. By the time Beatrice came of age, Victoria was actually like dreading the idea of Beatrice leaving so much that it she forbade her entire house and staff from talking about anybody else's wedding in front of Beatrice because she didn't want Princess Beatrice to get any ideas. Wait, we can't even talk about it. Don't talk about marriage. Don't talk about weddings. Don't talk about anything. Yikes. Princess Beatrice naturally becomes like very withdrawn, very isolated. It's almost Mm -hmm. like it plays out from, you know, the queen's mother, Victoria, Princess Victoria to Queen Victoria Queen Victoria is now replicating the same dynamic with Beatrice. So I get, I get that like people want, like will like just deeply subconsciously or consciously reenact these patterns that they see in their own family. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's how like shit gets passed down. Right. Unhealthy patterns. Yep. But you would think given that like when Victoria has this done to her. Yeah. She hates her mom so much right that she just like immediately kicks her and her advisor like to the curb as soon as she possibly can you would think that having seen this she would be like i have this kid i i want to be close to maybe i should do something different maybe i shouldn't like reenact the exact same fucking pattern like with this kid Everybody thinks they're doing it differently. Everybody thinks they're parenting differently than their parents did. And you know what? Sometimes mm-hmm. it shakes out that you're not. You're not. Yeah. Even if you think you are, you're doing some things. You're doing the things you mm. know. Right? So you can imagine how bummed out Queen Victoria is when her daughter at 27, which is old maid status mm-hmm. for 19th century England, her 27-year-old daughter comes to her with a whole ass fiance and is like, will you approve of this marriage? Queen Victoria was like, no, but I will not talk to you for six months. How about that? Think it oh, over. Shit. Let me know if you still want to get married in six months. 
Iced her out for six months because she got engaged. Yeah, iced her out. Realized. Mm. Eventually, she acquiesces. Says, I will give you approval for this marriage, but you're not allowed to move out. You and your husband have to come live with me. (laughs) Oh, that's a little weird. It's a little weird. Beatrice is only married for like 15 years. Her husband ends up dying Mm -hmm. of malaria. Turns out, sometimes when you colonize Africa, you get deadly diseases. And that's what happens. Mm. So after that happens, Queen Victoria kind of like has a cush gig. Her widowed daughter Beatrice, who never moved out of her house her whole life, is still there to take now care of her. Is husbandless and still taking care of her. Yeah. So all sorts of complicated relationships with her kids, as you can imagine. Um, the other complicated thing that Queen Victoria passed down to her children is what's called Queen Victoria's Curse. Do you know what Queen Victoria's curse is? No, but if I had to make an educated guess based on the cousin fucking, I would say hemophilia. It's hemophilia. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. What do you know about hemophilia? (laughs) Okay. So I, what I know about hemophilia, I know it is a blood disorder that basically causes that you don't have normal levels of platelets and your blood doesn't clot correctly when you get an injury. And I know that it is related to inbreeding. Yes. So let me read you a few sentences that sort of describes it specifically so folks understand how it's passed down. So it's a genetic condition in which only women are carriers, but only men are affected. Or like women are carriers, men can be carriers if they're affected. But it gets passed down through the maternal bloodline. So it's a sex-linked X-chromosome bleeding disorder that manifests exclusively in males, even though the genetic mutation causing the disorder is located on the X chromosome and can be inherited from the mother by the male children or from either mother or father by female children. This is because the trait is recessive, meaning that only one correctly functioning copy of the blood clotting factor gene is necessary for normal clotting. Females have two chromosomes and hence redundant copies of the blood clotting factor gene located on them. A female who inherits a mutated copy on one X chromosome has also inherited a second X chromosome from the other parent that is likely to carry a non-mutated copy of the gene, capable of directing appropriate clotting. Such a female with normal clotting but possessing a single mutated copy of the gene is called a carrier. Males possess only a single X chromosome, inherited from their mother, having received a Y chromosome from their father instead of a second X. If their sole X chromosome contains a hemophilia mutation, Mm -hmm. they possess no second copy to provide the normal function, as in carrier females. So they end up with the the disorder. Let me see if I get that sciencey talk correct. Yes. What you're saying is that Women have two X chromosomes. Yes. Men have XY. Yes. Your little if one square. of the X's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like the men down the bean plants and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So if women have it on one of their X's, yes. usually they've got a backup. Yes. But since men only have one X and one Y, if their X is fucked up, they are screwed. They are going to have hemophilia. If they end up in the quadrant that has a recessive gene and no other way to combat it, then yes. That, okay, so. Yep. So it's not that, that every son of Queen Victoria had it. It's that the it's sons that, who inherited the recessive gene and had no other way of compensating for it got it. And one, so I, I kind of had this like vague understanding that this is something that the royal family in England had. I didn't realize like it started here. So it started with like her father. The, her father had the uh, germ-like mutation is what it's called. So he is the original OG hemophilia in the European royal bloodline. Queen Victoria was only a carrier, right? She's a woman. Mm -hmm. And only her son, Leopold, who was the eighth of ninth, actually had the disease. But we know based on the heir of both Alice Mm -hmm. and Beatrice that they were carriers of the disease. So I'm going to post on our social media the genetic tree of uh, hemophilia and European royalty or like English royalty. It, the last heir that had hemophilia was actually in 1940. So it didn't last very long. It was only like seven people or like there were like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, like a bunch of them. But 
during that period, it was pretty problematic. Um, I imagine so, yeah. And there is some thought that uh, Princess Beatrice in her in the Spanish descent of her bloodline, that there could still be carriers, but they're not directly like royalty still. It could just still be in the bloodline. Because hemophilia still exists, right? It's not yeah. it's not like only these, you know, 10 people in history ever had it. It's just that they're the most prevalent or predominant people yeah. to have had it. Okay. So Leopold gets it. He actually dies at 30 when he hits his head and bleeds, has a brain bleed. Yikes. He did pass the gene on to his daughter, who then passed it on to her sons, who then passed it on to their children. Mm-hmm. So all of that. Anyway, we can't fault Princess Victoria for that. But if we go back and look, Princess Victoria, her curse, or Queen Victoria, her curse, quote unquote curse, is sort of the, the central hub of that. In all fairness, getting to the end of this, there like isn't that much in her mothering that I would fault her for. She didn't like it. You don't have to like it. She didn't like Mm -hmm. babies. She really just wanted to spend time with her husband. Time as a euphemism for all things. Mm -hmm. It seems like as her children got older, with the exception of Birdie, they had a fairly affectionate relationship. They like liked her. She liked them. Lots of correspondence. Birdie later goes on to be a shitty king, which is what happens when you have mommy (laughs) issues in a sex chair, I guess. So, of course, for the racism and the colonizing... And the cruel treatment of her own citizen, she's not my hero. But for thinking that babies are ugly and not wanting to breastfeed them, I don't know. I feel like I can give her a pass for that lesser known legacy. Sort of where I'm landing on Queen Victoria this week. Honestly, she kind of reminds me of my own grandma who had six kids and was like seeing like everybody in the family liked her. Like good, mm-hmm. affectionate relationship. But I know that when my sister and I were born, she was like, I'm not a babysitter. I don't do babies. Yeah. It's kind of it kind like of babies. reminds me of me at this point in my life. Like <laughs> I for a long time I was like, oh, babies are fine. Like everybody can have a baby, do what you want. It's your baby. And we had our baby and I love our baby. But mm-hmm. I'm like, just not a big fan of kids. I just I like don't like kids. Not a baby person. No, like, you know, some people will go to parties and be like, I want to hold your baby. Can I see your baby? And I'll just be like, congrats on the baby. Again, like, I'm so happy if people want their babies and love them. I'm just not going to be the person at the party that's like, let me hold the baby. Yeah. I'll hold it if you need to take a shower. If you want to do, if you want me to do laundry, make you food, like, great. But I, I get the, I don't know, the uh, the impulse to just not love babies. It's okay, right? <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Not everybody has to. No, no. So, I, I, you know, she's not my hero for a lot of reasons. I just thought this was, you know, a topic of one of our heroes we've never really talked about. We've talked about all the other shitty things that she was with other heroes. But, you know, it's okay yes. to be a woman who doesn't really want to breastfeed. Your nine children. (laughs) It's a lot of kids to breastfeed. Dear Lord. Right. So other super interesting things that we didn't talk about with Queen Victoria that I think our listeners might be interested in. I'm just going to Google some things or list some things they can Google. So look up goth queen. She only wore black for the rest of her life after Albert died. And so she's sort of colloquially known as the goth queen. (laughs) Uh, okay, people can go move. Google how Queen Victoria introduced the concept of a white wedding. Interesting. Oh. Uh, they can go learn about the mini, mini, mini assassination attempts on her life. Oh, people really did not like they her. Really okay. did not like her. They were like not afraid to try and shoot a pregnant lady. I will tell you that. Yikes. Multiple people were willing to shoot a pregnant queen. Lots. So many. In fact, which is like. More than seems reasonable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I not one seems unreasonable to me. Yeah, the fact that there was more than one attempt that seems very unreasonable. A, a reckless number of people tried to shoot the pregnant queen a reckless number of times. Wow! And also, they can go find out how she influenced the current uniform of barristers in the courtroom because of her aversion to leg hair. Wait, say that again. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the too long didn't read version. 
they wore stockings before, yeah. and she could still see their leg hair poking out of the stockings, and it made her ill. And so now she <laughs> changed the uniform of barristers in the courtroom. Go Google it. It's very interesting. And there are a ton of other quirky bits of trivia. She was like this tiny lady. She wasn't even five feet tall. Just a bunch. Oh, a, lot wow. of, a lot of trivia that could be found on the internet, in addition to all of the other things that she was. Well, if people are looking to learn more about much-hated historical figures, potentially while they shave their legs, where can they find us? They can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod or on our website at MeetYourHeroesPodcast.com. Yep. And please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends. And until next week. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye.